the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci and Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci and Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci and Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Welcome to Don't Invest and Forget, a weekly financial news magazine designed to educate and equip you with the roadmap and direction you need to manage your money, meet your financial goals, and instill confidence in your investment choices on the road to retirement. Your host is author, radio commentator, and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci of Fatucci & Associates. With over 30 years' experience in the world of finance and investment planning, Pat specializes in personal and corporate investment management with special emphasis on retirement planning. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said smaller interest rate hikes could start as soon as this month, signaling that the central bank will soon ease up on its aggressive inflation-fighting measures. Meanwhile, the House has approved a tentative labor agreement between railroads and the workers' unions in an effort to avert a widespread and potentially costly strike. And the former CEO of cryptocurrency firm FTX says he didn't try to commit fraud on anyone and that he was as shocked by what happened as everyone else. These stories and more on this edition of Don't Invest and Forget, the program that faithfully each and every week helps you keep your finger on the pulse of your money from Wall Street to Main Street to your wallet. Our host, 30-plus year financial manager, Pat Fitucci, and I'm Craig Roberts. Well, Pat, certainly no lack of news going on this week. We thought there'd be a little bit of a quiet season following the Thanksgiving holiday, but uh, there's been much to talk about, certainly encouraging news on Wall Street with suggestions by Fed Chair Jerome Powell that they may begin to sort of ease back a little bit on the interest rate hikes, and that certainly will be welcome news to many sectors of the markets, including real estate. Yeah, the market liked that news. Clearly, we've had a nice little run here, and here we are beginning of December, when 60% of the time, December comes in at a pretty nice clip. And so we've got a seasonal rally, perhaps a Santa Claus rally, that psychologically, I think, Craig, will be really important because clearly we've spent almost the entire year being kind of dismal and seeing this negative spiral of news between Ukraine and Russia and energy and the political climate. It's been a fairly difficult year. We'll see if Santa Claus can put a real uh, punctuation mark on the rally. Certainly, the price of oil is wonderfully coming down. Last time I looked, it was about $77. It's about a 40% drop from where we were just a scant couple months ago. The real problem is the 27 countries of the European Union They are in for a very difficult winter. They've tried to negotiate with Russia that they will not pay more than $62 a barrel. So 
there's not a lot of acquiescing to that number. And even Poland, Estonia, and Lithuania are saying, wait a minute, $62 is way too high. So the current price is about $66. So we've got that arm wrestling going on, and not sure if I want to be in Europe this winter. Certainly Ukraine is is decimated with energy and lights and, and just basic needs. Terrible winter that they're facing. We'll see how all that works out. The arm wrestle continues between Russia and, you know, some people think these sanctions are way too timid and way too late. Mr. Putin really uh, creating a dismal environment for most of Europe. We'll keep our prayers open for uh, Ukraine and Europeans. But inflation appears to be subsiding in the USA. We're down to about 5.1% annual pace. Certainly, housing inflation remains high. We're all expecting the, the prices of homes to decline based on interest rates that are pushing up to 7% to get a mortgage when they were less than half of that just a scant couple months ago this past summer. And the other interesting news this week was you mentioned it in the opening comments. Sam Bankman-Fried, the former FTX CEO, he's insisting he committed no fraud. He was interviewed, I think, on Wednesday of this past week, and his comment was he's had a bad month. Of course, the audience chuckled over that. It's really created kind of a crypto meltdown. The cryptocurrency was not doing well before this bankruptcy a couple of weeks ago, but certainly it has exacerbated the price of Bitcoin, which is somewhere around 15 or $16 per coin, when less than a year ago it was hovering around $60 a coin. And so the question is, is this the buying time or is this the beginning of the end of the whole crypto? My office has never been a fan of the crypto world. It's unregulated. It's subject to terrorists and cyber criminals. So it's not been a, been a factor in our firm at all. Most of the young folks have been very attracted to crypto. We'll see how that all ends up, whether the digital coin is something we're going to eventually migrate to. Certainly, it's going to need a lot of government intervention if it has any chance of survival. We're seeing a reversal of the chip shortage, and some people suspect we are getting into a chip glut. I'm not sure why we can't get supply and demand to kind of balance out, as it had been for many, many years. Ports like the Long Beach port in Southern California, the congestion has eased dramatically. There were about 100 ships waiting to be unloaded. And last time I looked, there were about seven ships. So we're getting into almost a normal kind of a market that, frankly, will help Santa Claus put toys and goodies under the tree this year. So I think a lot of retailers, in anticipation of a shortage, uh, went out and purchased lots of goods early. So they had an inventory comfort level very early this year. I can't imagine being a buyer for one of these major companies. You're either going to buy way too much or you're going to buy way too little. How do you guess at something like that? How do you guess at demand when you're back in May, June, July, given all the headwinds and issues that we're living with during that time especially? UK, England is having some serious inflation problems. Their year date is up 11.1%, the highest in 41 years. Obviously, with energy issues, it's going to get a whole lot worse. 
energy prices have gone up. Gas prices specifically, 130%. Wow. Electricity up 66%. So UK and the rest of Europe are going to be uh, having a very cold, hard winter just trying to buy some basics, food and fuel and heating in your home is going to be a real challenge for folks in uh, England and for the rest of Europe. Unless through some miracle, Russia gives up on its invasion of Ukraine. I'm not sure how likely that is. It's probably wishful thinking on most of our parts. You know, the interesting thing, Pat, is there's been a lot of talk in recent years about isolationism roiling over the fact that the United States economy is challenged at many levels in the global arena because there's so many other levels of competition around the globe. And you've mentioned just in this brief report here today the inflation factor in the United Kingdom, the China COVID lockdown impacting exports, of course, to countries all over the globe, the ongoing war in the Ukraine impacting energy prices across Europe. It really, I think, suggests that there is a global economy here and that events, yes, though be it five, ten thousand miles away, nevertheless can have a profound impact on not just the United States economy, but the economy of Sam and Mary and their retirement planning. Yeah, we really are a global economy. There's no doubt about it. When something happens on the other side of the planet, in a nanosecond, we hear about it, and then we see the ramifications of whatever that news is, good or bad, in the ensuing days and weeks. That's just the reality of this sophistication of uh, all our trading partners as we uh, live through all the headwinds and tailwinds that we historically did, they just seem to be getting more dramatic lately. Yeah. But we don't get these little mild bumps anymore. We get these you know, major punch in the stomach to one sector of the economy or another. And it just has a big rippling effect that hits our shores in fairly short order. So the planet's all a lot smaller and the interconnectivity of all our trading partners is very reactionary very, very quickly. So given our global interconnectivity, I have volunteered to do some traveling to some of our trading partners around the globe. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to really explore with literally boots on the ground, me being boots on the ground, to interview some folks and really get a sense of some of the economies of some of these countries that have such a big influence on the John and Mary retiree. And so Stay tuned in the, in, the, in the ensuing weeks for me being on special assignment to some of our major trading partners, and I'll look forward to uh, reporting firsthand to all of our listeners. And certainly, Pat, a timely way to not only conclude 2022, but also ring in 2023 with a deeper understanding of this global interconnectivity and, most importantly, its impact on your financial life. Pat Matucci says, don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Welcome back to Don't Invest and Forget. My special guest today, Frank Parrish. Frank is an estate planning attorney We've known each other for about 30 years. We started working together when we were 12, but that's beside the point. Frank, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Pat. It's a pleasure being here. So, Frank, you've been an estate planning attorney for lots of years. Not to make you sound old, but you're experienced. That's the important point. I read a statistic the other day that still astounds me. Here we are later in life, as they say, on the back nine. And I read 
Eight out of ten people walking the streets do not even have a will. Is that startling? You know, after some four decades in this practice, it really does not come to me as a great surprise. I've had, and I've met with so many individuals, they thought their affairs were in order. They thought because of the way they had assets titled, either in joint tenancy or community property, they wouldn't need to have a will or any type of estate plan. And it's simply a very sad reality for people have failed to do proper planning, and as a result of that, not only they but their families go through a great deal of uncharted waters. You know, you speak of titling an asset. I mean, it seems pretty rudimentary, pretty basic. You know, mom and dad own the house, and what's more confusing? That's pretty simple. But legally, there are a whole host of issues that can affect that, aren't there? Absolutely. The impact of property titling is the foundation upon which all estate planning is built. And in every conference, in advance of every conference, I provide clients with a questionnaire and I ask them to complete a financial statement. And when I meet with them, we look at the financial statement, not so much as to net worth, but determining how are your assets, your investments, your real estate, insurance policies, retirement plans, how are they titled? and titling controls everything. And we start out with the most simple form of titling, and that is in your name alone. If you own an asset just in your name alone, and you die, and that asset has no beneficiary designation, as a general rule, it becomes a probate asset. And when you say that, people have a fear of probate because they really don't even understand what it means. Probate is the process, the court-administered distribution of your affairs at date of death. It is costly, it is time-consuming, and it is entirely unnecessary if you do proper estate planning. It's just a sad commentary, as you mentioned earlier, that 8 out of 10 people have failed to do any type of planning, whether they are married or single. Separate property or titling of an asset just in your own name alone is a guarantee that it will go through probate even if you have a will because the will is governed by the probate process. Another form of ownership, whether married or single, can be joint tenancy. And when you meet with clients and they say, well, we own an asset in joint tenancy, what does that mean? Joint tenancy is a form of property titling that can avoid probate at the death of the first joint tenant. For example, it may say, John and Mary, joint tenants, and then it goes on to say, with right of survivorship. So date of death of the first joint tenant, the asset will automatically pass to the surviving joint tenant. You don't have to be married to have a joint tenancy asset with right of survivorship point being that while it avoids probate at the death of the first joint tenant, now at the death of the surviving joint tenant, that asset, which was joint tenancy, becomes the surviving joint tenant's sole and separate property. And then at the surviving joint tenant's date of death, it will also go through probate. In addition, if you happen to be married and you set up a proper estate plan, which typically would include a trust, have assets titled in joint tenancy, 
they avoid the distribution provisions of the trust. In other words, it can be self-defeating. The other big issue, and I've got a client going through this issue right now, worse than dying, Frank, is incapacity. Potentially your cognitive skills are compromised. Now you're in bed perhaps or looking around you and seeing your financial world, your fundamental issues of how you live kind of crumble around you, failing to plan for incapacity or or maybe you've got some element of dementia. Those are pretty frightening issues because if you don't have the right structures in place, the right support systems in place, it gets very anxiety prone. And I think every listener today either has a family member who has suffered with a long-term incapacity or knows an individual who has or has acquaintances who have or they themselves may be incapacitated. So when we deal with this with a single client or a married client, many individuals will say, well, I've named my son or my daughter or my spouse as my attorney in fact under what we call a durable power of attorney. A durable power of attorney is a separate document from your will or from your trust, and you have designated another individual with authority to handle your affairs either immediately, which typically makes the most sense, rather than it, quote, springing into effect upon a determination of incapacity. Understand, most members of the medical profession are very hesitant to declare someone incapacitated just because of liability issues, and as a result of that, a durable power of attorney that only, quote, comes into effect upon incapacity is a very difficult document to administer. But just say, hypothetically, you've named your son as your attorney. In fact, you're a surviving spouse. You have a revocable trust. You, as the client, are named as the trustee. You become incapacitated. You have your assets titled in the trust, and your son is named as your attorney, in fact, under a durable power of attorney. Here is the main point. A durable power of attorney is very effective for assets not titled in the trust. So you may say, well, then I thought the whole idea was to allow my son to have the authority to manage my affairs if I become incapacitated. That is true. But the durable power of attorney and the attorney, in fact, only has authority over assets not titled in your trust. So you may ask, well, wait, what are those assets then? Typically, they would be an annuity, a retirement plan, an IRA, or 401k. But assets titled in the trust, the attorney, in fact, has no authority over unless the trust agreement specifically grants to the trustee's attorney, in fact, the authority to act in his or her behalf. In other words, it can become a very complicated arrangement, and through proper planning, you can avoid these type of incapacity issues. Another consideration when we talk about durable powers of attorney is the fact that suppose the client dies. I have had this happen in many situations, and the child comes in and says, well, I'm going to use dad's power of attorney, go into the bank, and make sure that the bank accounts can be transferred into the trust. A durable power of attorney terminates immediately on the incapacity of the client. And that, again, comes as a great surprise to many individuals. 
Frank, I just had a client recently. I asked him if they had a trust. Oh, yeah, we have a trust. We went online and we did all the the work that the online system said. And gosh, I saved some pretty good money. I've seen that be an absolute mess upon the death of prior clients when they've kind of do-it-yourself, will, trust, healthcare directive. What's your experience in that area? That experience is it has kept me very busy. Individuals will come in and say, well, you know, we set up this trust online or we bought a form in a stationary store and we did exactly what it said. And that's just fine. The point is when an individual dies, typically, that is when the effectiveness of the trust comes into play. And if it has not been properly drafted, if it has not been properly funded, in other words, assets retitled into the trust, truly, the old adage, you get what you pay for, is pretty much the story with estate planning. If you've done it online, it doesn't mean that it's bad. It simply means that in most cases, individuals are not sure of what they are actually doing. And so that doesn't guarantee that going to an attorney, things will be done correctly. But if you go to someone who has had a long-term experience in this area, not only of drafting documents, but also in post-mortem trust administration, everyone is better served. Let me make this crystal clear. We are not attorneys. We are not equipped to give legal advice. I would highly encourage you to hire a licensed attorney that specializes in estate planning issues. If you need a referral for a qualified estate planning attorney, call our offices. We will give you recommendations. Frank Paris, estate planning attorney with over 30 years experience. We've worked together for many, many years coordinated lots of clients together in a very streamlined, organized approach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Some really good ideas and thoughts, and I appreciate your contribution. Pat, thank you for the invitation. Pat Fittucci says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. When you think about retirement, what are some of the top priorities for you? Perhaps you dream about spending your days playing tennis, golfing, dining out, maybe traveling to exciting destinations. Well, in theory, retirement should be all of that and so much more. It's the time in our lives to enjoy the fruits of our labor at long last. But unfortunately, for growing numbers of older Americans, they struggle to stay afloat financially after leaving the working world. So, what to do about it? Some insights now from 30-plus-year money manager and retirement planning strategist, our host, Pat Vitucci. And, Pat, I guess this really is a dichotomy for so many folks. They've got great, grandiose visions and dreams for retirement, and then suddenly the financial reality begins to set in, and a lot of folks are in for disappointment. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, Craig. Uh, Retirement is, is a wonderful thing. It allows you freedom, freedom you didn't have for probably 40 years of that thing called time. And when you have time on your side and you get to sit back and reflect and have some real introspective hours on end to consider what you've accomplished, what you haven't accomplished, your disappointments, your attributes you've uh, succeeded at. And then what do you do tomorrow morning when you wake up? And is there enough money to carry out those dreams that you had thought about for many, many years? And and that's where kind of reality sets in. And sometimes it's a, it's a wonderful experience, and sometimes it's a little disappointing. Or, or maybe you need to readjust a little bit 
based on what you've been able to save and what your dreams are. You know, do you want to go to Hawaii? Do you want to go to France? Or do you want to go camping? And all those things come with a commensurate price tag. The pragmatism of any of those issues becomes real. And so let's walk through some of those things. You know, you've been dutifully putting money in your IRA or 401k. So now those tax shelter years are over. It's complete. You need to now take that tax deferred money and begin to take a distribution. And of course, with distribution to your checking account comes taxes. So what's the net, net, net of that distribution from your retirement plan? And of course, it's a requirement to start taking distribution. There's a a schedule that IRS has established. Now let's talk about what do you do with all that money? Of course, you're going to get Social Security and you're you're going to get your distribution from your 401k. Maybe you you get a pension if you're one of the few lucky ones. Maybe you've got a rental or two. So all those sources of income are going to spell what that translates into activity. Is it expensive activity or is it inexpensive kind of activity? Surely the one thing you want to look at is your overhead. What's your monthly nut? In California, it typically is a careful look at your house. Most of us have had our homes for many, many years. We bought it for modest money. And over the last 30 or 40 years, we have gained sizable appreciation. Question number one is, do you trade off that beautiful home that you just redid the kitchen and you painted and you put the new driveway in and, 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 and for a more modest abode? It's always a matter of trade-offs. You're trading off the expensive two-by-fours in the Bay Area for a more modest home. Maybe it's a condo. Maybe it's a retirement village. Those are options with a lifestyle that goes along with it. But it's really cashing in, taking those extra dollars, investing it, and creating an income stream. We talk about cash pile. We talk about cash flow. Cash pile is nice, but what does it generate monthly to create that budget for fun stuff? For travel, for being generous to your grandchildren, or going out to dinner, going to plays, all those fun things. And so what do you do about the house? With a smaller house, you get a smaller mortgage payment or no mortgage payment at all. Insurance premiums go down. Property taxes generally go down. Maintenance and cleaning costs certainly would be smaller. And how about the constant pressure to keep your furnishings, your floor and paint walls fresh up to date. So all those things translate into an easier lifestyle on your pocketbook. Lower cost of living, lower taxes can also contribute to your savings, right? So you can still do some savings in retirement if you are so blessed. How about a part-time job? I know I hate work. I'm not going back to work ever, ever again. But maybe you want to do some freelance work. Maybe you're, you want to do some consultation work in your area of expertise. How about tutoring or substitute teaching? That could, could be fun stuff, you know, being with young people and getting out and more of a social experience. Maybe it doesn't pay that well, but it, it adds to your ability to have some of those fun things when you're not doing those part-time time years. Certainly when you sell the big house, you're going to have a yard sale. Uh, You're going to get rid of all that stuff you've been accumulating. Maybe you need less stuff in retirement. It's a de-stressor, if you will. That in in and of itself can be kind of a cleansing, kind of a freeing experience. It adds to your emotional freedom. I've seen it happen thousands of times. And it's interesting how 
people react to having the freedom of time on their side versus where they used to be in, for 40 years and working very long hours and putting up with, with traffic and unreasonable bosses who are texting you and emailing you on Saturday or Sunday and expect answers. So, okay, let's get into activities. You got to begin to explore some low cost or free stuff. Certainly if you live in a college town, lots of free things going on. College campuses are notorious for bringing in exciting speakers, a theater, sporting events. What about your old library card? When was the last time you looked at your library card? I don't think I've got a library card anymore. I think it atrophied in my wallet and it's gone. But the local library is a wonderful source for reading material, activities, again, speakers, book clubs, all those things can be fun. And maybe it's time to own up you are a senior and take advantage of those senior discounts. So when you go to the movies, you save a couple bucks, say, okay, I am a senior. I admit it. Okay. Give me my $3 so I can buy that popcorn for $6 and feel like I'm getting a bargain. Why do they charge so much for that popcorn? My goodness. You got to buy it. I mean, you just have to. There's no getting around it. So some fun things to think about when you're looking at recalibrating your life to retirement. Of course, you want to do some real careful management of your money. Where is the money going out every month? Look at your bills. Do I really need that $100 a month TV bill? Remember when TV was free, Craig? Back in the olden days, the reason why you had children is to get them to get up and turn the dial. But now we're so spoiled, we sit back in our our remotes. But we know that TV, with all of its choices, comes a pretty hefty price tag. And so uh, when you're looking at $150 a month for TV, how much are you watching? Are you really watching HBO? Or are you more evolved more into a Netflix person? So some fun things to think about. And we get the privilege, Craig, of visiting with our listeners as they go through that time. Retirement day is said to be the most stressful day of your life. I just met with a gal yesterday. She's been with Kaiser for 36 years. She was literally crying that she was going to be retiring. God bless her. She's got energy and she's got spunk. And she's nervous about not so much the money, about more of the time. What am I going to do with all this time? She doesn't like to travel. And so she's going to really have to dig down and drill down and figure out what floats her boat. I'm sure she'll, she'll adjust. A wonderful time. Hopefully we all enjoy many, many years of retirement. We know there's no guarantee. I recall a commercial I just saw. The gal's walking down a little park lane and she says, oh, I'm, I've turned 65 and I've got many more years of retirement and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm saying to myself, that's a little arrogant. How does she know she has many more years retirement she could have many more hours we just don't know what the plan is for us but certainly we want to be optimistic and enjoy every day of our freedom and of course one of the big points pat that you've made today is reminding listeners that there's no such thing as one size fits all and having a strategy in place moving into retirement really in many respects will dictate the kind of retirement that you're able to enjoy, the caliber and quality of life, hopefully at the scale of which you've always dreamed of. Now, you want some help? Maybe getting that strategy in place is something that you recognize is important, but you've never quite gotten around to doing. Today is the day to begin planning for your future. Why not go online right now to Don't Invest and Forget and schedule that complimentary financial health and retirement plan review that Pat just spoke about. There's never any cost or obligation. At the very least, it never hurts to get a second opinion 
to make sure, in fact, that you're on track for the retirement of your dreams. Again, you can schedule that appointment online. Simply go to DontInvestAndForget.com. That's DontInvestAndForget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Patrick says, Don't invest and forget. Invest and forget. Invest and forget. Over the certainly last year, we've come to understand that there are a variety of threats that can be tossed at us by life, whether it be global pandemics, economic downturns, wars, rumors of wars, natural disasters, things of this sort. And while certainly that's true to the quality of our everyday living, there are also some significant threats that are posed to your retirement. What exactly are these threats and how can you best be prepared to deal with them? Some insights now from our host, 30-plus year money manager, Pat Petucci. And Pat, it'd be great if we could kind of just go along not worrying about a thing or have a crystal ball that told us the moment before disaster strikes when it would hit and where so we could be properly prepared and, and react accordingly. But unfortunately, life isn't that way. But we certainly do know this, and that is if the unexpected can happen to threaten the quality of our retirement, it possibly will. Yeah, especially post-COVID. We've learned a lot about ourselves after this uh, COVID life that we've lived for a year plus. And there's always threats to retirement, but somehow they were put under a microscope living through this um, pandemic. One I think is significant for a lot of people, those children we had, those wonderful little things, grew up, they moved out, they got a job, and... The pandemic hit, and oh my gosh, they moved back in. They lost their job, or they just couldn't keep up with the madness of keeping their own place. So kids moved back in, and guess what? You love your kids. A lot of emotion. You're going to take care of them. Chips are down. Mom and dad step up. Of course they are. But very subtly, they start to siphon off some of that retirement money that was yours and your spouse's, or if you're a single parent, it was your your money that was going to last the rest of your life. So we get this whole confluence of confusion. You know, we love our kids. We're emotional about it. But then the pragmatism of them costing us money, maybe you got to pick up their cell phone bill. Maybe you got to pick up their car insurance, maybe their car payment. How about the food? They're taking your food, taking it right out of the cupboard and out of the refrigerator and eating it. And now you got to go down the Safeway twice as many times because kids eat a whole lot more than mom and dad eat, right? So we got to be real careful to be pretty darn deliberate about sitting around the kitchen table and talking about what is their contribution going to be. And that's a hard topic. It's really difficult. So I have to caution our retirees to be pretty careful about kids. It's not the retirement dream you thought about living in your child's fourth bedroom is hardly the magical golden years. I guess another thing we've seen that could be a threat to your retirement is keeping too much house. We know if you've got a giant house, ever-increasing PG&E bills, maintenance costs, issues, we're, we're all kind of guilty of that. And do you need the four or five bedroom house with the swimming pool that you don't use 
and the kids don't visit as often because they move to Michigan or wherever, some real introspection needs to be looked at in, do I really need this much house? Can I buy down to condo or a small one-story house? Or move 100 miles away and, and buy twice the house for half the price? So that's a certain issue. How about just keeping a mortgage? Do I really want to have a mortgage in retirement? It's interest cost. Do I want to trade off that mortgage payment every month for a trip to Europe once a year or a trip to Hawaii or that fancy new new car you've been dreaming about? You certainly having a mortgage is certainly um, a big issue. Another one is giving too much money away. We all want to be charitable. We all want to be gracious. We want to maybe pay our grandchild's special education or help with college costs for our grandchild, maybe even helping our child with his, his or her mortgage payment or their car payment, or they need a, need a car. So we've got to help out there. So we've got to be careful not to give too much money away, have clear expectations. As a retiree, you may live 20, 30, maybe even 40 years. That's an issue. Medical expense is certainly a big issue. As we grow older, more and more of our disposable income will go towards spending money on our health care. What if one of our, me or my spouse, needs long-term care, that nursing home expense, either bringing a medically trained person in the home to assist with medical issues or simple things like bathing and dressing, and you don't have a a long-term care policy, that can be a bigger and bigger issue. With your house, what about the major expenses? You need to a new roof, you're, you're getting some lumber rot on your deck that's going to cost 50 grand to repair. What about your landscape? The whole irrigation system needs to be replaced because it's been there for, for a lot of years and now it just isn't working. Or landscaping, you've got to redo the landscaping. There's always issues around a house. Homes are called money pits and so you have to consider what is the expense of keeping that house. Here's another one, the myth of spending less in retirement. In many cases, you can document where you're not going to spend less. You may, in fact, spend more. Yeah, you'll be spending it on different things, hopefully travel and fun stuff and cruises and, you know, nicer gifts for your children and grandchildren. So it's not necessarily you're spending less. You're spending it in a different fashion. You're buying different things. You're not maybe paying a mortgage, but you're spending it on other issues that maybe you hadn't even thought about. Maybe more health care costs. Another one is taking a loan against your 401k. Not advisable in your later years. You want to make sure that 401k is growing without a debt against it. So 401k loans are frequently not a solution. Maybe in an emergency that certainly becomes an issue. How about investing too conservatively? You're all in bonds or you're all in cash and you're not taking advantage of uh, some asset classes that will do better. The government publishes inflation numbers, but between you and me and the lamppost, I think those are ultra conservative numbers that aren't realistic. There are some studies that suggest it is two or three or four times what the government suggests. If If the government is talking about two, percent, uh, maybe it's uh, six or eight or even 10 percent, depending upon 
what you're buying and your spending habits. But with the redefinition of inflation, excluding food and fuel, we know your food costs are not going down. How about retiring too early? I hate my job. I hate my boss. I'm burnt out. I want to quit. But maybe you don't really have the financial firing power to have a sustainable guarantee income for the rest of your life. So you got to be realistic and pragmatic about not retiring too early. You've got kids that are in college. And so instead of saving for retirement, you're paying college bills. Wow, that's a big, big mistake. And you're always stuck between a rock and a hard place. Should I pay for college or should my child get a loan in lieu of me pounding away for my retirement? When you retire, you can't take a loan out to sustainably guarantee an income stream. You can't take a loan out for college. And maybe your child needs to step up and start contributing to college in lieu of you not saving for retirement. That's a big, big mistake. Have you factored in inflation and how that's going to affect your spending in retirement? And do you have enough spending power to last for the balance of your life? We've got some wonderful software that's been developed over many, many years that will give you your probability of success of sustainably guaranteeing income for your lifetime. They're pretty reliable numbers. And so if you have any thoughts about, do I have enough money, come in and chat with us about how inflation may affect your buying power. Any thoughts, questions, observations about those threats, give us a call. Look forward to it. You've been listening to Don't Invest and Forget with author and investment advisor, Pat Fatucci. To gain more information about any of the topics discussed on today's program or to schedule your appointment for a no-obligation financial plan tune-up in one of Bay Area offices of Atucci & Associates near you, go to don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Or call toll-free 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or visit don'tinvestandforget.com. Program guests and Craig Roberts not affiliated with Vitucci & Associates. Information provided for illustrative purposes only does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information obtained from sources deemed reliable, but accuracy and completeness not guaranteed. Vitucci & Associates have no liability for information discussed. Consult with qualified investment, tax, or legal professional prior to taking action. Securities and advisory services offered through United Planners Financial Services. Member FINRA, SIPC, Vitucci & Associates, and United Planners Financial Services are not affiliated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.